0: Greetings everyone. It is now time for Marked Safe, tales of your very favorite and most beloved man-made disasters. On Marked Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please
1: listen responsibly. And now,
0: here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Marked Safe. Brian. Melanie. I have been thinking about this conversation that we had pretty much all week, and I feel like you need to share it with the world.
1: We have so many conversations.
0: I am specifically talking about being a good citizen. <laughs> okay. I don't know what we're doing to my child. <laughs>
1: I don't know what kind of kid we're raising here. We're clearly raising her together. We're clearly, we're clearly influencing her. And I don't know. (laughs) So I think I've talked about this before. I have a little wall feature above my computer and I've got many clipboards and they're lined up and they have each one has clipped to it a picture from a story that we've covered. Like there's one of a derailed dangling, uh, Roller coaster car, there's um, a sinkhole, there's a dam collapsing and so on and so forth. None of them are graphic or anything. And Adelaide has asked because she's a very curious little creature what the story behind them is. She knows, you know, there are cases that we've done, but she has asked at various times, like, you know, specifically and one of them is shields green (laughs) which for anyone who hasn't heard it yet or has forgotten and how could you it is a melody episode about the green dye used in the victorian era that was arsenic basically (laughs) it was in wallpaper it was in dresses it was in all kinds of shit and it killed a lot of people I, I don't remember what I've told her. I think I've told her that they they were using a green dye for this stuff, and it turned out to have poison in it. And that's, you know, the point of that one I've got. It's like a pretty old-fashioned cartoon of a woman in, like, a Victorian dress that's, you know, shields green. So, as you all know, she's homeschooled. And... <laughs> We, we, we do most of school on the couch, honestly, but we do social studies on the computer because of the way the curriculum is. So we were over here doing social studies the other day and the point, the lesson, the thesis, if you will, was good citizenship. And at the end, you know, it's it's a PowerPoint and we talk about it and there's like 20 slides talking about good citizenship. And then at the end, I ask her the question, what is one way that you will be a good citizen? Now, this is the same computer that I use to research and record and everything. It's a you know, desktop. So we're sitting here and she's sitting on my lap and we're doing social studies. And I said, what is one way that you will be a good citizen? And she thought about it for a second and then her little eyes swiveled up to the the art above the (laughs) computer and said well i know one thing i won't make a dress made out of poison
0: (laughs) i love that so much may we all have such goals for
1: ourselves (laughs) be a good citizen don't make dresses out of poison she also said that if she ever uh designs a roller coaster she will design it to be stable (laughs) Because the one next to it is a derailed roller coaster.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, speaking of good citizens. There's none in my story. Not many. There might be in our bracket. <gasps> oh, I doubt it. It's Florida, man. Yeah, maybe not this week, though.
1: Okay. All right. Lay it on me. We've. By the way, for anyone who might interpret a weird energy this evening we're recording two back-to-back episodes right now very <laughs> and yeah i'm i'm 95 percent sure it's the only time we've ever recorded back-to-back episodes where they were both the same persons.
0: yeah <laughs> i don't
1: think we've ever done it we've done back-to-backs probably i don't know 10 times for one reason or another but i think we've always done it one's mine one's yours so if you are uh subscribing to our patreon And you listen to our October episode, our bonus episode, and you find that I'm a little horse.
0: That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Just a tiny horse. Nay, nay. Nay, nay. So we're going to jump right into the bracket now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Florida man reports dead body by taking the skull to Publix and using it as a hand puppet. That's how he reports it? Yep. Okay. That's irresponsible, I think. He's not a good citizen. No, he's not. Versus. That man would make clothing out of arsenic. He would. It's the same energy. Yeah. Florida man throws alligator into Wendy's drive through window. <laughs> Also, this is the last one before they all match up with each other again.
1: Oh, it's supposed to get hard. Okay, it's actually hard right now, unfortunately, because sometimes I like to be a Pollyanna, and I like to go with the one that's just simply less of an asshole thing to do. (laughs) And I mean, in that case, it would be the Skull one. That's shitty. You're probably tampering with a crime scene. You're definitely being a fucking creep. But, you know, you're not, like, assaulting a fast food employee. So I feel that I should... I feel that I should pick that one, but I've been to Wendy's when they were out of lemonade. And you've wanted to throw some shit at them if I had an alligator in my car. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Threats would be made at least. We do love our Wendy's lemonade over here. Yeah, and I mean that's that's kind of that's kind of been my energy the past week or two <laughs> for reasons, and I think I'm
0: I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pick that one. I agree. I agree with you on this one. Yeah. How do you normally not? Um. Sometimes I think it should go the other way. All right. I really wanted the mermaid to win the last couple <laughs> episodes ago. <laughs> I know you did. I could tell. I wanted white chicken to win. Oh, that was a different pack. Okay. F- fuck off, Selkie. Fuck off. All right
1: you know i'll give you i'll give these, you a break these brackets have made me a very controversial person oh do i have
0: we have enough skin for it we have almost all of um our dishes i think we might have all of the dishes for the next bracket done already oh really yeah and sarah put them all together thank you sarah for doing that you rock she put popcorn salad on there i mean you kind of rock I told her. You rock, asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> so we we, sh- we shall see.
1: Yeah, I'm on the fence about actually making them. Part of me says yes, part of me says I would have to make two
0: every week, and ain't nobody got time for that. I know, but isn't it nice to like already know your like dinner schedule for the week? Kind of. At least two days of it. You don't have to plan. Uh- <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. Let me think about this. This is horrifying. <laughs> okay, I guess we can come back to that. <laughs> oh, do you want to know some, something just heinous?
0: I do. I think this it's is my our episode. I think this is the most requested episode.
1: Okay. Yeah, let me just start this by saying y'all asked for this. This is your because,
0: fault.
1: Yes, I do think... That this and the Hyatt Walkway Collapse are our two most requested disasters of all time. This is the only one that I can think of. I know there were more, but this is the only one off the top of my head that I know for a fact people were requesting before we had ever even recorded our first episode. Yep. This, yeah. Back when we were first. Drawing board. Floating. Yeah, drawing board, workshopping things, floating ideas, seeing if, you know, there was enough content that we really want to talk about. Turns out there's a lifetime's worth. Right. Back when it was all in the very beginning and we were like, you know, hey, friends, people in the world, do you think we should do this? They were like, only if you cover this. And, you know, there's a reason i haven't in a year and a half for some reason i feel like this was always going to be mine
0: i don't know i feel like this was never going to be yours yeah this is totally yours i've intentionally not even looked at this
1: yeah so i I feel like katrina will one day be yours Mm -hmm. i feel like that's i mean not just because you live in louisiana i don't know i've just assigned it to you in my head i have assigned the challenger to myself in my head
0: Oh, we might have to fight over that one.
1: That's fine. You can have it. For some reason, I've just always felt like duty bound to cover it at some point. It needs to be I don't even want it. Yeah. (laughs) This one, I think that we've both known from the beginning, for some reason, it was going to be mine. I think because it contains my worst fear. Um, Yeah. And
0: uh,
1: yeah, I'm not going to apologize because you people asked for this. You beat down our door for this and you're going to regret it. There you go. That's my ringing endorsement for my podcast. (laughs) You asked for this and you're going to regret it. That should be the title. That should be our title. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Fast down this adventure. So... Uh, At the top of it, I want to mention that I have heard about the legendary Skip Hollingsworth, Texas Monthly articles from a few other podcasts. But I don't think I've ever personally come across one that was relevant to my research before. And holy shit, what a gift. You have a Skis Hollywood? Uh Uh-huh. That's awesome. I sure do. Yeah. The man is a gift to journalism. Like he is an absolute legend. One of his articles is absolute pater. But I mean, it's challenging because when you have such a flawless and comprehensive article, (laughs) my lowly brain can't improve on it. No one's here to listen to me just read a Texas Monthly article (laughs) (laughs) for It It's humbling. It's intimidating. So I will preface this by saying that Texas Monthly and Esquire did absolutely all of the heavy lifting on this. And I am but a mere mortal here to tell you the story and completely ruin your day. (laughs) So sorry, but not really. So this is a story that's happened before, sort of. There are an abundance of horrific, gory amusement park deaths, which Mm -hmm. is spoiler alert what this is. But this one is different. I don't know why it's different. People who don't even follow this kind of story know about this one, or they've at least heard of it. It's, it's an urban legend, but it's true. It's absolutely true, and it's worse than you even think. It is, like I said, our, our most requested thing, probably, and it will be very obvious soon why we've held off for this long. It is mm. I'm going
0: to
1: need some... This... Hmm?
0: Nothing. I have you're not gonna need be- a lot.
1: You're gonna need you need some medicine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna need a drink
1: by the end of this. We all are. This story starts with a married couple named Bob and Billy. They're not a same-sex couple, by the way. Billy's a girl. Who wouldn't it be fun if Bob was the girl?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Who?
1: Yeah. There. By the way, there are at least two highly chaotic men for you. Ooh. I deliver them to you like a cat drops a mouse on your pillow. Great. Yep. They impulse bought a campground in 1966. Basically, they went on vacation and Bob was like, hot damn, I'm buying it. We're going to we're going to do something. They had a vision about raising their three children, Jeff, Janet, and Gary in this kind of world. And they did expect them to contribute to the endeavor by helping out around the campground, you know, odd jobs here and there, sweeping floors, helping customers, that kind of thing. A family business. A family business before child labor laws were quite so stringent. Bob was a showboat of a man. He's not really the chaotic man in this story, though. And his way of living, entrepreneurial, impulsive, hardworking, a bit flamboyant, rubbed off on his kids, especially one of them. Gary and Jana, I really don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's J-A-N-A. Seems right to me. Jana, yeah. I'm going to say Jana. She's not really a huge part of the story. Gary and Jana were the left brain part of the family, while Jeff was wild as fuck from an early age. He was described as a classic river rat, building all of his interests around the river and just absolutely living his entire life barefoot and in cutoff shorts, even on the rare occasions that he showed up to school, which didn't happen a lot. (laughs) He was a hustler. He had an eye for what vacationing families would want because they got this campground and then, you know, it was, it was multiple properties that they could rent out to families on vacation. They put in a couple water slides early on and guests absolutely just ate that shit up. But when they, or a little too fast they went into the river and the guests were landing in the river with a bit too much velocity so jeff improvised something that he called a water break which was like a dip toward the end that slowed their speed right before they came out hmm. he but he just he he had his finger on the pulse of this in some weird way He would ride across town on his bike to buy damaged car tire inner tubes from gas stations so that he could repair them and rent them out to tourists to use in the river. He saw the family's life on the water running the campgrounds as just absolutely idyllic and he was completely in his element giving river tours and starting a petting zoo and he just took on a lot of responsibility and he loved it. It was all he wanted to do. He was a bundle of manic energy and he saw school as a complete waste of time (laughs) it was probably boring for him after jeff somehow graduated he opened a video arcade bar which sounds like a pretty chaotic place and just a couple short years later he was sniffing around the idea of water parks now it's hard to believe now but they were actually a very new concept at the time according to texas monthly there were less than six in the entire country. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I didn't realize how that started at all. But Jeff visited two, and that was that. I mean, this was just the perfect extension of what he was already up to. This was perfect for him. His brother Gary said he had the ability to see what other people were doing and then take that to the next level. Jeff pitched the idea to his dad, Bob, and this was just as much up Bob's alley as it was Jeff's. And just like that, Bob purchased a property, and once again, his three kids were working for him on a larger scale this time. It was 1979, so the kids were grown, and the Henry family owned their first water park and knew, someone's going to tell me I'm saying this wrong, Braunfels, Texas. I don't know. The area was very German, so they named the park Schlitterbahn, which I just have questions about. (laughs) how german does the area have to be to look at a water park and say schlitterbahn looks like a schlitterbahn to me like if all the things you could name it like wet and wild or splash unlimited or some shit you're like schlitterbahn that's catchy (laughs) it did mean slippery road in german so that's cool but how german was this area i don't know So they started small with just four water slides, but it was a huge success and they were able to add on over the years. Jeff's adolescent activities had just grown into adult versions of themselves. And Jeff himself had just grown into a larger version of who he was as a child, hustling inner tubes in his cutoffs and bare feet. Skip Hollinsworth wrote, despite all his success, Jeff remained at heart a river rat. Bearded and scruffy, he almost always wore a dirty creased baseball cap, an old fishing shirt, shorts, and muddy boots. He drove an old truck. When he was in meetings, he pulled off his boots and propped his bare feet up on the table. He apparently enjoyed smoking pot. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, meet your chaotic man. (laughs) Jeff was an asshole genius. He was admired, but not really liked. He possibly with good reason he married divorced he remarried he divorced again the quote from texas monthly reporters from the san antonio express news also revealed in september of 2013 that jeff's second wife louise Setri, had claimed in divorce papers that he had assaulted battered beat and tormented her during their nearly five-year marriage and that his use of alcohol and drugs had contributed to the horrific assaults
0: well, he was doing His, more than just smoking some reefer. Okay, hold on, we're getting there.
1: And that quote continues. His treatment of her, Cetre claimed, was so extreme in degree as to be regarded as atrocious and utterly intolerable in a civilized society.
0: <sighs>
1: and I could only find Pop being cited at this point in the story as the drug in question, but I have to say the story has Coke written all over it. Oh, there's some booger sugar for sure. So, we'll we'll circle back to that later, kind of. <laughs> Jeff was nicknamed by his industry peers, Lord of the Slides and the Wizard of Wet. Ew. Which, come on, guys. You, really? That's... I I mean, again, there's coke involved in this. Who is sitting around and saying, this fucking guy, he's just crazy. He comes up with so much shit, you wouldn't believe it. We got to give him a name. How about the Wizard of Wet? He just walks in the bar. Hey, Wizard of Wet. I I mean, was he nicknamed this or did he like he gave it? He did. Okay. Okay. Because I'm having a hard time imagining any industry peers sincerely calling this fucking man the wizard of wet. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. I, I had complaints about that. But Jeff did, to be fair, immediately emerge as the visionary of the operation and he... Innovated new attractions practically every year, including Surfenberg, which is one of those man-made surf situations, which we're probably very familiar with now, but it was actually the first of its kind in the world. Oh, cool. Yeah. They continued to innovate. In 1994, they featured the world's first water coaster. And I've ridden water coasters, but I still never knew exactly what the distinction was between that and a water slide. So I checked Wikipedia, which says... A water coaster is a water slide that mimics a roller coaster by providing not only descents, but ascents. There are three different ways that water coasters operate. Water jets, conveyor belts, and linear induction motors, which is a creepy thats phrase. a Yes. Unsettling phrase. Induction motors. Okay. Schlitterbahn had the first water coaster in 1994. And it was called... This is another <laughs> dead mouse that I present to you on your pillow. It was called... The Master Blaster.
0: <laughs> what can I say? You're welcome. <laughs> oh. I, uh, is he naming
1: uh, these? He's naming I think these. So I really think he is. I feel like the Master Blaster comes from the mind of the Wizard of Wet.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love the, the it. The Master Blaster.
0: I love it. And that
1: is actually the to this day, I believe, that is the name of a very common model of water coaster. It's it's like the like the generic name. They're Master Blasters. Like how there's um <laughs> what's it called? I think there's like a crazy mouse or something, is a certain kind of roller coaster. The Master Blaster is this <laughs> thing. I can't i can't in my next episode i have to say flaps a lot (laughs)
0: it's
1: gonna be a night it's gonna be a night so a couple years later they came out with the world's first wave river they were also killing it with the fastest this and the highest that they were breaking records and winning unprecedented amounts of awards The three Henry siblings who own the parks were changing the world of theme parks nearly every time they opened a new exhibit, and it was paying off. 22 years after their first Texas park in 2001, they opened a second in South Padre Island, Texas. This one changed the game, too, rolling out something called transportainment. Oh, my gosh. Because, of course, it is. (laughs) They had an indoor water park and an outdoor water park at that one and Behind the Thrills describes it like this. Schlitterbahn's Jeff Henry confirmed that construction has started on a new water transportation system that will take riders between the two properties via a series of slides, rivers, conveyors and a 380 foot long underground cavern filled with state of the art sound fog and lighting effects. Jeff said it would not It would have been easy to build a simple walk through underground tunnel to connect our two facilities, but that's not the way Schlitterbahn does things. Our guests expect world-class water park fun and we deliver by keeping them entertained even as they move from one section of our property to another. Like they had this to a point where you could you didn't even have to wait technically in lines for rides. You could float in your inner tube in the line
0: oh my gosh that sounds
1: fun as hell
0: (laughs) i mean what's more annoying than like huge weight lines but if you're just like relaxing then floating right like i'm we've discussed this we we love a lazy river
1: yes god i love a lazy river so yeah i mean imagine if your whole experience is just one long lazy river with fun parts in the middle that's yeah (laughs) i'm into it yeah Well, maybe fun parts. So Jeff was a little bit of a chaotic cowboy, and he loved dreaming up new concepts and seeing them become reality. He referred to himself as a water showman, which is catchier than the Wizard of Wet.
0: Yes, I like that better.
1: Yeah. There's some class to it there is it's got you know sort of a circus vibe but with water like it's a whole mood and i kind of like it unlike the fucking wizard of wet it sounds like <laughs> wish brand harry potter anyway i have a problem with that name i i knew wish i brand a small of harry potter. yeah i had a small problem with it as i wrote this but now that i've said it out loud i have a bigger problem <laughs> So, five years later, in 2006, they opened a third park in Galveston that featured what was, at the time, the world's tallest water coaster. Three years later, in 2009, they opened a Kansas City location. This had come about when a Kansas City investor approached Jeff about something on a completely different level. They wanted him to build a sprawling complex with rides, hotels, retail stores, and even a residential neighborhood wrapped around it. Oh, wow. Yeah. They broke ground, but the Great Recession hit right in the middle and plans had to be dramatically altered. And after another seven in 2016, their final location in Corpus Christi would open. The parks became so popular that the fans had their own name, Bonophiles, which I think is stupid. And that's going to be the title of this name, a a a title of this episode, a name which I think is stupid because I think it's all stupid. (laughs) All of it. Absolutely all of it. It was kind of culty in the way that Disney is. Like I know that Disney is kind of the opposite of culty because it's you know the biggest name in the world oh, practically. It's but still, you it's, know how people get. Yeah, it's still people cool. are fucking weird about it. Skip Hollensworth wrote for the most devoted fans. Schlitterbahn is an aquatic version of Disney World with something for everyone, from huge playgrounds for children to swim-up bars for adults that serve beer and margaritas. Some bonophiles spend every summer weekend or even entire vacations at Schlitterbahn. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. But I mean, if you can just float from place to place, I'm kind of with it.
0: There's so much pee next to those bars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Some of it's probably Jeff's.
0: (laughs) Jeff Henry
1: loved it. And he loved raising the ante more and more with each dazzling new idea that came to him while he was completely sober, only smoking pot, Melanie. (laughs) He had a reputation to maintain, and the Kansas City Park that had been curtailed by the recession had some issues to compensate
0: for. Wait, listen, if you're smoking pot, you don't care about your reputation. You don't care what people think. You're just relaxed. None of this is a pot vibe.
1: Yeah, no, if this was just a pot situation. Now, I will say that the just float from attraction to attraction, that that is a pot idea Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. And but I mean the rest like no. The show boating no. and all that. No, no, this no. This this didn't come from that. No way. It came from something illegal, but not that. <laughs> <laughs> the huge scale back of the Kansas City Park had left a lot surrounded by unfinished dirt and it was not being met with the intensity that he and the rest of the industry had imagined. I mean, it was, it was received pretty well, but this was hyped. This had been hyped up and it was just like, yeah, that's a nice park. I guess there's a lot of dirt that you have to go through just to get to it. Cause that was where they were going to put a freaking residential neighborhood and hotels and retail stores and then didn't. Mm. So it needed something. Jeff was attending a trade show while the park was being built. And when the producer of a show about extreme water parks approached and asked him what he was currently working on to see if it might be something they'd like to feature, Jeff blurted out something that had just come to him in the moment. An unfathomably tall water slide that was something beyond just steep. He also impulsively came up with a name for the type of slide that it would be on the spot. A speed blaster. (laughs) Because Master Blaster was taken. (laughs) The more he thought about it, the more he was committed to it. And when no one else would pick up the concept, he realized he would just have to do it on his own. There's probably a reason that no one else would. It was Jeff's baby, and he oversaw the design of it. They would call it Verruckt, German for insane. Mm. It would be over 168 feet tall, which is taller than Niagara Falls, and it would be very close to a straight vertical drop, (sighs) making it also the fastest water slide in the world at 70 miles per hour. No, no. The Henry's announced their intentions to create a record-breaking slide, but they didn't say any specifics they didn't say buy how much or anything so no one else could race to beat them before it was released but they were really just figuring things out as they went along like real bad (laughs) jeff and this other dude who used to build yachts and now built amusement park shit they tinkered with the slope and the speed with absolutely no engineering experience between them none whatsoever Mm. jeff had come out and promised something unbelievable something novel something the whole world of hard to impress well-traveled thrill seekers would be floored by and now they had to find a way to make it happen
0: oh my god you're not supposed to just manifest this you're shit. not
1: you're not you're really not <laughs> jeff didn't want to fuck around he wanted to keep the hype going Again, are you sure he didn't want to
0: fuck around
1: <laughs> i do I mean, he wanted to fuck around and find out, but he wanted to keep the hype going, which, again, is not pot thinking. (laughs) (laughs) So he worked his team night and day to design and build it. Texas Monthly says he told one reporter that Verruckt was an erotic piece of art which is a red flag and would go down in history (laughs) as the most terrifying ride ever built in a water park. He told another reporter that he had conceived of Verruckt because he could no longer tolerate the thought of the world's tallest slide being in Brazil. And mind you, he had actually built the tallest slide for a Brazilian resort, like tall Brazilian slide was technically his, but then they went after him and they built another one, 29 feet taller. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm from Texas, he said later. It was a matter of pride. It's, it's a pissing contest. It's a pissing contest with the universe. Just the with God. <laughs> so they came up with a 17-story, nearly vertical drop. And then the writers would be shot up five stories by this insane, unprecedented, newly invented, basically the strongest hose of all time, more or less. So they would be shot up five stories and then down another extremely steep drop. The entire ride took 18 seconds to ride. And Jeff didn't want it to take much longer than that to build either. Oh my gosh. Six month deadlines were slashed and replaced with five week deadlines. No,
0: five weeks?
1: Five weeks. Jeff wrote in emails to the development team, quote, we all need to circle on this. I must communicate reality to all. Time is of the essence. No time to die. I have to micromanage this now. This is a designed product for TV. Absolutely cannot be anything else. Speed is 100% required. A floor a day. Tough schedule. Jeff. Again, not pot. Testing was chaotic. The Verruckt would load three passengers into a raft Seats, one in front of each other, like roller coaster style, not like round robin style, like a lot of water slide rafts are. Right, And it would launch them straight down an enclosure that was water slide on the bottom half and net on the top. When it was ready to test, they loaded the rafts with human sized sandbags and they sent it on its way. And it went great. And that's the end of the story.
0: No, it's not. No, it's not. The
1: sandbags went airborne again and again and again and again. They were like shooting out? They were just flying the fuck up. There are pictures. It's horrifying. It looks photoshopped. As the rafts flew down at 70 miles per hour. But it snagged a new world record from the Guinness Book of World Records while it was still being built. So, Uh, you know, um, it's all Jeff really needs. The feverish building and rebuilding continued. The bottom portion was being dismantled and redone long after the ride was slated to open. Because the G-forces were too intense, Jeff said even an astronaut wouldn't be able to handle it. The rafts were too fast. They tore down and rebuilt sections again and again and again and again. But the entire concept of the slide was to push what was humanly possible. The the tearing down and rebuilding? Oh, no. yeah. The mindset was that if it was straightforward and safe, it wouldn't be an exciting ride. So ultimately, the danger and the challenge of the build was the whole point, really. He didn't see it. It was it was a feature, not a bug for him. Jeff himself and his yacht building friend were on the maiden voyage. And Jeff joked that it had been nice knowing them in case they die before the raft started down. But his friend who had helped build the fucking thing was like legit scared he said, if you see a couple people go down the slide, you say, it's survivable. But the first time, you don't know. You really don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the debate is about whether the fucking ride is survivable. <laughs> yeah, you should abandon ship at that That's point. That's not really the word you want at this, at this stage. No. Of things. An employee who watched a test run said, after seeing that, I told my friends and family it was only a matter of time until someone died on Verruckt. What made me say that was that the sandbags that were being tested kept flying off the rafts. The Texas Monthly article says a safety consultant hired by the park shortly before Verruc's scheduled opening told Henry it was unfinished and unsafe. When complete, he recommended that only riders age 16 and over be allowed on the ride. Henry, who had no formal training in engineering, decided age 14 was better. Right before opening, however, he dropped any age limit. Oh, oh yikes after all if a rider was a little too small and went airborne like the sandbags always did so i mean there's no realistic way of of saying that he didn't know that would happen that was what the netting was there for oh no it's not like they were gonna fly off to the moon there was netting there it's fine there were weight requirements not really for individuals but groups of riders were weighed together and the total of the three had to be between 400 and 550 pounds And no one individual could weigh over 300. Those numbers just kind of came out of Jeff's ass, honestly. The Henrys, specifically Jeff, were able to just kind of eyeball these things because water parks were not regulated much at all. There was nothing at the federal level. I don't think there is now either. It was up to individual states, and they were lucky that they only operated out of Kansas and Texas because in those states, all they had to do was be well insured. And they were the ride opened in 2014. There were a lot of mishaps. There were a lot of injuries, some serious. One guy got his face all fucked up. People had herniated discs and concussions. Safety straps would just simply come undone while people were riding. And before long at all, the nets had visible damage from the frequency with which humans were hurled into them all over the freaking place.
0: Oh, it's like driving down the interstate and you just yeah. see like the yeah. skid marks on the thing.
1: hmm There was a bit of an incident in which a man named J.J. Groves rode his raft went airborne. His face was smashed into one of the hoops that held up the netting and then his raft smashed into a concrete wall. He reached the end with one eye completely swollen shut and multiple injuries all over his body. The Esquire article in Verucht said, Once the 46-year-old Groves gave his incident report, Miles allegedly destroyed the witness statements and forced the lifeguards to write coach statements which omitted any detail of how the injury had occurred, telling the medical staff to alter their own reports. One of the lifeguards would later come forward to a detective revealing Miles' work in covering up the incident, an effort that was corroborated by members of the medical staff. Soon, Derek McKay, an attorney representing Schlitterbahn, allegedly showed up to the lifeguard's home and would later lie to both the lifeguard's mother and the detective in an attempt to get a copy of the police report. Miles was the park's operations manager. Oh, shit. That's dirty. Yeah. But there were some things for Jeff that were in the pro column here. He, in the pro column for Jeff was the best new water park ride golden ticket award that it snagged soon after opening and reviews gathered in texas monthly said most amazing ride i've ever ridden like dropping out of the sky terrifying and horrible and terrific it was so popular that sometimes guests had to reserve time slots to ride it insiders had concerns and the lifeguards were scared shitless of rooked they had to ride it multiple times before the park opened every day and no one ever wanted to volunteer to ride. But the Henry's kept the hype machine going and they had lots of special events to engage the public. Two years after, and a lot of times I've noticed, I feel like more often than is common, there's a lot of PR involving like the mayor, or the governor, or like some high up person rides it and it's like a PR moment. And I don't know how common that is. And I think that it is because they wanted the law to stay off their ass, basically, right. about being able to self-inspect. So they really kind of made good with those types of people a lot. Two years after Verruckt opened, the park held an event where they offered free admission to any elected officials in Kansas, along with their families. There would be a buffet for them to eat at and a free day of fun in perfect 78 degree weather. Scott and Michelle Schwab and their four sons, Nathan, Caleb, Isaac and Alex, decided to go. Scott was a Republican member of the House of Representatives and had been for seven years. So the family qualified for the promotion, saving them $230 on what would have been their admission. And let me tell you, state legislators don't make that much money. I fell down a rabbit hole about that. Oh, really? Yeah, not as much as you might think at all. In um, Kansas, I believe it's actually paid by the day and the amount is like not that high. Oh, wow. I, it, it's an amount where I I would say they would have to have a, like that
0: couldn't just be their job. They'd have to have some supplemental. Yeah. So I was like, you know,
1: how helpful is saving two hundred and thirty dollars for these types of people? But I mean, it it might be helpful, especially because they've got four kids and they don't have to buy food. There's a buffet. So with the bravery of a ten year old boy or a Melanie, Caleb absolutely had to ride Verucht. <laughs> he, <laughs> you would have ridden that shit. I gave I, I would have been on there. He was the second oldest of the four boys, and he certainly wasn't the 16 years old recommended by the safety consultant that Jeff Henry had poo-pooed, but he did at least meet the 54 inch height requirement with some despair. He weighed 73 pounds, which is not a lot. So by himself, the freckle-faced 10 year old climbed the 264 steps to the top of the slide and waited to be strapped into the blue rubber raft. It's about to get so bad. (laughs) This isn't something where I need to even content warning with timestamps. I usually do for like really dark stuff. I'll put a timestamp, but like, don't listen to this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Abandon hope. All ye who enter here. So Caleb would be riding with strangers, two sisters. One was 25 and one was 32, but he lucked out and got the front seat spot. He didn't luck out and he didn't know that he was placed into raft b a raft that had known issues with excessive speed and going airborne way more often than the others he didn't know couldn't know that the raft had been reported as needing maintenance 17 times in the past year or that five of those reports had happened just that week and he's a little sandbag and he's a little sandbag it would be better if he was a sandbag. As always, the board ride operator waited for the signal board to indicate that it was time for the next raft to disembark. And when it was time, the belt underneath the raft moved it forward until it bumped against the metal gate at the very top of the slide. After a moment, the operator pushed one more button and the gate flew open, banging into the netting on the side. And for just a second, everything stood still. (sighs) After that, everything went very fast. The raft hurtled down the first huge vertical drop, and then it started up the five-story ascent to prepare for the final drop. The water, I watched a lot of POV videos, and in every single one, the water made this weird sucking sound as the raft climbed. Oh, no. Yeah, I've not really heard on a water ride myself. Maybe the weight of Caleb and the two young women was not quite enough. Maybe the maybe the distribution wasn't good, since he was, you know, so much lighter and in the front. I don't know. But the raft went airborne, just like sandbag after sandbag had. But sandbags are kind of lumpy by their very nature. They mimic a torso pretty well, but they don't have all the smaller complications of a human body. A sandbag smashing into netting isn't quite like a human because the entire thing isn't small enough to make it through any of the parts. And there's no small weak point like a human limb or a neck. A sandbag would just bounce off the netting a little worse for the wear. But when it's a human, a human child, a small prepubescent human child, things play out differently. They played out very differently for Caleb. Even the sandbags hadn't fared that well, but his fragile small body was no sandbag. The netting above the slide was held in place by metal half-circle hoops placed every so often. And when the raft went airborne... Caleb in the front seat went airborne with it, pushing his head into the net and severing it on one of the metal hoops.
0: Oh, fuck.
1: (sighs) both his head and his body, unfortunately no longer together, flew out of the raft and onto the floor of the ride in front of the raft. His family was waiting at the bottom. Oh, no. Caleb's body arrived before the raft itself, trailing blood behind it. One small blessing is that in the terror and the screaming, Guess saw it first and held his mother back from seeing the body. A man had already seen it and he held her back and said, no, trust me, you don't want to go any further. Caleb's dad, Scott, begged him for answers and said, I just need to hear it from you. Is my son dead? But the reality was too horrendous for the man even to say, and he just shook his head. Scott repeated, I need to hear it from you. Is he dead? And the man said, yes, your son is dead. His 12-year-old brother did see... And screamed, he flew from Verruckt, he flew from Verruckt. People ran to try to revive him, but realized immediately there was clearly nothing to be done. As, I mean, as parents, it's just like, I feel like in my head would be almost anything is potentially survivable. Right. You can survive massive head trauma. You can survive gunshot wounds. You can survive tremendous blood loss. You can survive dismemberment. And there's really only one thing that can be visually identified that can never be survived. Mm-hmm. That you could just look and be like, nope, 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 nope. Nothing to do here. Right. And it just kills me to imagine his parents. Like, they had to be thinking, like, but how can they know for sure unless, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, my gosh. I fucking hate that thought. The other kids on Caleb's baseball team attended his funeral in their jerseys and did a huddle at the front of the church in caleb's honor oh this part this part's the worst part of this whole story for me this next line (laughs) his family had engraved on his headstone the question he constantly asked can i go play oh no along with a bible verse that says for what is your life it is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away schlitterbahn's spokesperson released a statement that said we honestly don't know what happened what but but the world and caleb's family and the state of kansas were not at all satisfied with that his dad scott said it's an accident but there's an accounting because someone was negligent the family accepted an unheard of 20 million dollar settlement to be divided between his three brothers and the two sisters who'd been behind him whose faces were also injured got an undisclosed amount Jeff was on his usual Maverick bullshit and wanted to go back and recreate what had happened, as if saying, oh, the conveyor belt malfunctioned or something. I see the problem now. Don't worry about it. Would we'll fix this. That's fucking like, it, sick. It doesn't fucking matter, Jeff. I just, I feel like it, he's just still in uh, troubleshooting and building mode. But, like, you need to be done with that. That's
0: so gross, bro. Before you're
1: fucking launching children down it. It's so gross. <sighs> The attorney general's office forbade him from operating it under any circumstances, treating the entire ride as a crime scene.
0: It is a crime scene. Of course it's
1: a crime scene. Texas Monthly writes that when Jeff and Schooley erected Verucht, the state charged, they had knowingly created a deadly weapon. Instead of using fundamental mathematical and physics calculations to design and build the ride, the two men rushed forward relying almost entirely on crude trial and error methods. And although they realized that their finished product guaranteed that rafts would occasionally go airborne in a manner that could severely kill or injure the occupants, they went ahead and opened the ride anyway. They were charged with aggravated battery, aggravated child endangerment, and second-degree murder. Which I think is an absolutely insane charge for this kind of thing. Not that I disagree with it. That is just not how this is usually handled. Right. And this kind of thing. I've, I've never heard of that. An amusement park ride going so wrong that the makers are charged with actual fucking murder.
0: Well, I mean, you have a government official.
1: Yeah. And I think that Jeff's public obsession with building something outrageously dangerous did not age well at all. Because people on these rides, they want to feel like they're in danger with the underlying knowledge that if they themselves follow the rules, they're safe.
0: They don't want to be in actual danger. No, no, you
1: definitely want to feel like you're in danger, but you, you don't want it to be real. And Jeff's co-creator, who had been scared shitless when he got on the ride, touched on that when he said... That was truly exciting because we really didn't know whether we were going to survive it or not. Usually on a ride, it might be scary, but you figure they have it figured out. And we really didn't know whether we had it figured out or not.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. Skip Hollinsworth
1: himself tried to reach out to Jeff for an interview for ages, and he got blown off until Jeff finally called him in the middle of the night one night. When Skip called him back in the morning, Jeff said, if I really believed I was responsible for the death of that little boy, I'd kill myself right now. He said that nobody had ever told him there were issues with the ride and that his grandiose behavior and statements about the danger of the ride were just him playing a role. He told Skip, I thought we had designed the biggest, baddest thing ever built. A ride that could operate safely and never have a serious accident ever if things were complied with and if the thing was maintained and operated as designed. I'm telling you, the ride that was built by John Schooley and Jeff Henry, he's referring to himself in the third person, is not the same ride that that boy was on the day he died.
0: What? What, what the fuck? Uh-huh. What the fuck? He's a fucking idiot. Yeah. So
1: some of the parks were forced to close after the accident, and Jeff did say that that was a tragedy in the midst of all this. Not the that loss
0: of a little boy's life.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not I, I'm not necessarily saying he said that wasn't a tragedy, but read the room, Jeff. Read the room. Verukt was finally torn down on the day before Halloween in 2018 after sitting closed with the park open, just the ride closed for more than two years after Caleb's death. The cabins where the three Henry kids had grown up are still part of the Schlitterbahn property. Jeff was arrested in 2018 for these charges relating to this, but the charges ended up dismissed because there was inadmissible evidence introduced into the trial. So the whole thing got dropped. What? Yeah. Like they had... That one place that was like, hey, what are you working on? Because we might want to feature it. Right. They they did end up featuring it. And he, you know, he was really talking a lot of shit during that. And he was like, this is such a dangerous thing. I don't know if I'm going to survive riding it. I could die on Varuk. And they admitted that into court. And I mean, he was like. I mean, that was a reality show, you know, and that's probably true. You know, the danger was hyped up and and it was playing a role and it was coached. And I'm sure that was true, Um, but that doesn't change the reality. But that was initially admitted into evidence and that got the whole thing thrown out. So, I mean, he had financial consequences, but not really criminal ones. However, Jeff was arrested again in 2019 for hiring a sex worker and possession of meth so i was close on the coke thing earlier oh yeah i didn't find that out till the very end of all this the whole time i'm like no way there wasn't coke in this right <laughs> and there it is they said that he had an amount such that he was charged with possession and intent to distribute because i guess he just had so fucking much but I feel like Jeff wasn't on his way to being a meth dealer. I feel like he just had and utilized a lot of meth. Right. I really doubt he was actually going to distribute it. At this point, only two parks are still operational. Both are in Texas. And Caleb's dad and his fellow Kansas legislators voted to change the on inspection, requiring amusement parks to be inspected by the state. Rather than the same people who stood to profit from the ride continuing to operate. Good.
0: That's the way it should be.
1: Yep. So
0: y'all asked for it. There you have it. That was, that was terrible. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so is he in jail still? Probably. No, I don't think so. Oh, he's probably I don't think out.
1: So. I I'm pretty certain he's not. He's he's a gross looking dude. He if they made a movie about him, he would be played by scrubby jack nicholson (laughs) like recent jack nicholson Uh. i mean he's always been a little grody but
0: still recent jack nicholson it's bananas to me that like someone could get away with building something like all willy-nilly like that i mean it really kind of does
1: make you want to like i know especially now that we're you know bigger on tiktok there's always people in the comments who were
0: like stop spreading fear roller coasters are usually safe
1: and Uh, what was that one that
0: we got was like it's 100% safe
1: 100% and i'm not that's not the point like i'm not trying to dissuade people from doing hardly anything i'm sure there are a couple things throughout the course of this podcast that i am be a good citizen yeah, because don't make dresses made out of arsenic. No, don't. <laughs> but don't really and large,
0: water sluts. No,
1: no, don't do that. By and large, there is no call to action. I'm not because these are people mostly commenting on amusement park videos. And I'm like, if you think we're trying to stop people from riding roller coasters, wait till you hear the rest of this podcast. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's everything. And I'm not trying to suggest that people stop existing or stop riding roller coasters at all. Like, that's not my thesis statement here. But... I will say, you might want to check your local laws on inspections and things.
0: Do your due and, diligence. You're d- allowed to. Yeah. I don't see why yeah. not.
1: I mean, because especially because people travel for amusement parks a lot. And I mean, if you're torn between a couple, check the state laws. Because it really does make a difference. And, you know, I'm always, I'm kind of a chicken shit about this stuff. And I'm always getting onto a ride and i'm like this has to be designed by people who know things like you know if you were gonna fly over the side of it and die it wouldn't have gotten made i mean i guess freak accidents happen but like a lot of physics went into this thing but not necessarily (laughs) you you would like to think that but not necessarily (laughs) so if that is important to you That information is publicly available, and you should look into it.
0: Was your water slide built by a wizard?
1: The Wizard of Wet. Was it? No, it was built by the Wizard of Dry. (laughs) (laughs) And I survived, goddammit. Man, we need some disaster relief. (laughs) Yeah,
0: big time.
1: You go first, cause mine is almost as dark as this episode.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I put out my. Well, I started; it's not completed, but I put out my Halloween display.
1: Yay! and i mean we're theoretically having a halloween competition so i shouldn't be rooting for you we did find a skeleton dog in a store the other day and we were like should we tell melanie no we're not gonna help her so we didn't but it's fucking cool it's really cool well i have a skeleton cat oh do you oh you only needed a cat why did i think you needed a dog
0: no i didn't need a dog Okay. Well, I wouldn't have helped you if you did. Yeah. So I did a Hocus Pocus theme this year. I think I might actually just stick with this theme for the rest of my life (laughs) and just keep building the characters like every year adding a new character from the movie. It's
1: it's lit. I hope you intend to post it. Yeah,
0: I do want to post it. I want to try to figure out, I want to get a big cauldron and see if I can do, um, because they have the stake solar lights that I usually do to kind of light it up at night, but you I know. want to kind of arrange it in a way to where like I mount them on the inside of like a cauldron and they're green. So it's like glowing out of the cauldron. I don't know. I have to science some shit, but <laughs> we'll it, do a better job than Jeff. did. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's, that's mine. Um, officially getting started on spooky season. You deserve it after all that. Oh, and I got my vacuum. I got my vacuum. And it it. looks amazing. Yes. Aunt Carolyn, when we evacuated for the hurricane, um, she had an old school Hoover for me. So hopefully no one steals it. I'm just waiting for like someone to come in my yard and steal this vacuum.
1: You live in a pretty nice neighborhood. Hopefully not. I hope not i hope not we shall I see
0: for you. what's yours are you guys watching handmaid's tale <laughs> i have i haven't like i'm not caught up this season
1: okay i i feel like there may be a lot of people who are like yeah it was really good but it's been a year and i don't know if i'm really ready for that kind of darkness again because i was and then we just kind of dove into it and we've Binge the whole thing in a very short period of time. Well, we've got an episode and a half left.
0: You have not seen it
1: before? No, I've seen it. It's just not the recent season. Okay. It pretty recently came out. It is so good. I love this season. And I really want someone to discuss it with me. And after I finish the last episode, I think we should start a thread in Horrible Ghouls with spoilers only in the comments. Because I need to talk to someone.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, then I'll get on it, too. Because I've watched... The
1: first episode. It's been a very I don't want to spoil anything. It's been a been a very satisfying season because there are a lot of times in previous episodes, well not episodes, seasons, where it's like terrible things happen and you're like, oh, I just wish this one thing would happen. And it never does. Right. It never does. But like the things things happen it's it's a very satisfying season i don't know how it ends so it may not end in a satisfying way but i have thoroughly enjoyed watching it it's my favorite season so far
0: okay yeah i need a i've been without for quite some time and now that things are starting to get back to normal my kids are finally back in school as of today which means i can watch the grown-up stuff again (laughs) yeah we
1: are halfway through episode nine depending on how long it takes us to record our patreon episode we may be all the way through it by the end of the day (laughs) um and then we have one episode left in the season and i don't want it to be over because it is really really good
0: oh well speaking of Patreons. We got another grip of them. So here's the deal. Since Halloween's coming up, we're going to do this Halloween party for top tier Patreons. We're going to do a Zoom Halloween party. I'm going to try to get some prizes together. I think we might do a scavenger hunt. Yes, this is Melanie's baby. I am merely a guest, but I'm into it. (laughs) I want to do a costume contest. Um. I think just like an overall – I mean, I'll probably win, but since I'm throwing the party, I'll just go ahead and exclude myself from the prizes. So, um, yeah, it should be fun. (laughs) I'm really excited about my Halloween costume. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah, you are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Do you know what you're going to be yet? No, it has to be themed. So I'm
0: I'm really – I'm really thinking about it. I hadn't (laughs) planned to be anything this year, but now I have to. Yes, I twisted your arm. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Our second full-length episode will drop on Friday. So that'll be nice. Get two episodes this week. And uh, how about some thank yous? How about it? All right. So first and foremost, Sarah Cooper and Michelle Kaz both upgraded their pledges. So I'm really excited. Yay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Mac, Michelle Styles, Karen Alec or Alec. It's A L E C K. And I am going to go ahead and ask. When you guys sign up for Patreons, if you sign up for Patreons, can you tell me how to say your name? I feel like that, such a yeah. dirtbag not knowing how to say not You are a dirtbag. And if I say it wrong, <laughs> let me know and I'll totally, I'll, I'll I'll do do-overs. I'm a big fan of do-overs. <laughs> um, I thought this was super cool within the matter of... Within a matter of moments, we got two Catherines. Catherine Tracy and Catherine She's mine. O'Neill. Catherine Tracy's mine. <laughs> and Catherine O'Neill. So, Catherine O'Neill. I'm sure you're cool, too. <laughs> we both have to duel it out. Which Catherine will win? Uh, Shelby Catherine Atkinson. Catherine Tracy
1: has been a beloved friend of mine since I was, like, 14.
0: Aww.
1: She's, like, one of those people where even if we were to not talk for, like, five years, I will still run somebody's car off the road if they have something to say about or to her (laughs) (laughs) full stop that's awesome
0: you just pick up where you left
1: off i don't know three or five people in the world where it doesn't have anything to do with how often we talk or anything i will just like forever i just love you so much all right Catherine o'neill maybe do not duel her
0: no, <laughs> don't. Please don't. I don't want to have to hurt you. I'm sure I really like you, too. <laughs> you guys could be besties, though. Yeah. Uh, we have Shelby Atkinson, uh, which I, I love that name. I'm from Shelby County in Kentucky. So Aww. Shane Sapp. I saw your review. Shane the Shane Sapp. That's a fun. One. Was it a good review? It was a really nice review. Here's another name I'm going to struggle with a little bit. Not Mary. Mary, I got ark and ark and bolt it's a r c h a m b a u l t ark and bolt
1: who, who knows how to pronounce it but i think it's cool it
0: looks fancy as fuck and aiden porter thank you so much for supporting us we super appreciate it i actually your cards probably wind up showing up when this drops because i i I've been putting them out as soon as you guys (laughs) sign up, so thank you, thank you. I'm a worker bee. I'm a worker bee. (laughs) Well, that's been an episode. It has been an episode. Yeah. Go out. Be a good citizen. Don't make any poison dresses. Don't do it. Hire an engineer if you're going to build a water slide. Yes. These These are simple things. Simple things we ask. Avoid meth if you can absolutely
1: i recommend that <laughs> i'm not shaming addiction
0: but you know don't, don't don't pick it up don't don't it's bad news bears all right well sweet dreams or no dreams sweet dreams or no dreams hey horrible goals. hope you enjoyed this week's episode If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at MarkSafePodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe and tell your buddies about us too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page where we have shoutouts, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.